Hi everyone and welcome to episode 61 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host Dan Jackson and today we're going to be looking at, well I'm going to be giving you three ways to differentiate your classroom. Now of course if you would like to access the show notes or better yet grab the workbook head over to teacherspd.net slash 61. You can download the workbook there and of course if you submit it back to me you will get one hour of Nestle accredited PD or I will send you a certificate of completion if you submit that workbooklet to me. Just trying to get this going with you guys, coming and listening and actually getting some more value with my podcast by giving you that certificate or one hour of Nestor accredited PD. So I'm going to basically give you three easy to use strategies throughout this episode that you can use in your classroom, or it's kind of more three approaches, I guess, to differentiation in your classroom. So the first approach is to actually differentiate the content. So getting your students to complete a diagnostic assessment at the beginning that finds out how much of the content they know, what kind of prior knowledge they've got, and then dividing the students up into three groups or two or four groups to think about the levels of knowledge that your students have. And then you're going to design three separate lessons for those three different levels that you've got from your students. So you might create something nice and basic for those who are at the lower level, but you might also have some really extended, deep thinking activities for the students who already have a really good level of pre-knowledge. Now, when you do this, some tips to help you with this. So if you're going to be teaching stuff and giving instructions, you might want to make sure that you actually put up on the whiteboard when you're writing three different codes, um, color codes. So thinking about what your students are doing. If you've got three groups, you you might do one in red, one in blue, one in black, or maybe one in green. You know, think about making sure it's easy for each group to know the instructions that they have and what they're doing and anything that you've written for them, they know what color they're looking for. And then you want to make sure that you move systematically across the room, going from group to group, helping out the students. So don't just jump around all over the place, actually go, okay, I'm going to go to group number one first and help them out and answer any questions that any of those students might have, then head over to group number two and help those students out, etc. Now these groups, they're not necessarily meaning that the kids are working as a group, but actually that they're just sitting together in the same kind of space so that when you go if they need further instructions, you can just give it to that little group space that's there. Uh, they can be doing individual activities, group activities, etc. cetera, uh, but you're having them sit together so that it's easy for you to move through those three different groups. Now, an example of this is when I teach my seniors, I actually tend to split them up into two streams throughout my uh, whole course, but for each unit specifically as well, based on their levels of prior knowledge but also based on their goals relating to what they want to achieve. So if I have students that really want to achieve really high marks, then I give them particular activities that I don't give to the students who are just there because they need to finish their HSC. And so I'll address those two groups differently and give them slightly different activities. Uh, And so I expect more from the group that is going to be working hard trying to get the best marks they can than I do from the group that are just, you know, they're just there because they have to be. And so I try and create for them some still great learning activities, some fantastic things for them to do, but that meet them where they're at and that basically set their goals, matching up with their goals 
So in terms of the amount of work that I'm asking to do and sometimes also the depth of work that I'm asking to do as well. So I might uh, get more background information for group one. So this group that um, aren't looking to do their best, I'll give them more background information, help make sure that they actually get all the prior knowledge as well as getting into that content. I might also give them some scaffolded tasks to do while the other group might move straight into content uh, and its application. So they might actually go straight into applying the content or maybe through doing some deep thinking critical activities for that group, okay, which I may not necessarily demand of the other group because their level of content knowledge isn't quite up there and also their motivation isn't going to be to be doing those higher end tasks anyway. Another example is just providing different levels of reading material possibly and activities based on the reading levels of your students and their literacy. So yeah, this is one thing that NAPLAN actually can be good for. If you have a look into the results for the students in your class, you can actually quickly identify their literacy levels. You can even identify which bits of the literacy they're struggling with. And then you can cater the readings you give your students based on their levels. And so you can actually find some lower level reading ability content for the students to read compared to the other ones, whether you might give them some more extended, harder reading activities based on their skill levels that you already have from the NAPLAN results. And of course, you know, take those NAPLAN results based on what you know of the students as well and your learning supports the staff and what they tell you as well. The second approach to differentiation is to differentiate the process of learning, which I've kind of did a little bit in that last example as well, where I talked about you know, how I might give uh, different types of activities for the students who are doing really well. I might give them the deeper learning. That's a process thing. But what this means is so we're providing students with a different way to learn the content or a different things, different ways to apply the content or different activities to use the content for. So as you plan a lesson, consider the different processes that your students may prefer or may need to when it comes to the content that you're looking at. And sometimes the processes will relate specifically to the content in the sense that you know, when you learn one type of content, you may have to do a specific type of process. You know, that particularly comes into place for um, content such as maths. You know, there's, there's specific processes that you have to go through when you're learning particular uh, aspects or content because a lot of it's skill-based. Uh, so anything that's skill-based generally will have specific processes. But if you can adjust or adapt or provide different context for those processes, then you're differentiating that process for your students. So an example might be students who are excelling in your class who may be given a collaborative learning activity, while those who need more guidance might receive explicit direct instruction, or they might even get some modeled teaching in the approach as well. So depending on where your students are sitting in your differentiated based um, content or your differentiated based knowledge that you have about your students. Now, to give you a bit more detail here, an example from what I do, so I flip my classroom quite a lot. And so what I do here is that those who enter the room, who have you know, watched the video and they've learned it, I actually have them answer questions as they go through so I can see that they actually have understood the content. They will come in and they'll probably go straight into a collaborative activity. Uh, I might give them a case study to analyze together and they'll uh, talk about it and come up with a few things, answer a few questions where they're actually bringing in the content and applying it to a case study. While, they, while they're doing that, I might get the other 
group, another group that comes in. This is the group that have watched the video but not quite fully understood it. I might give them some new direct instructions or reteach basically in a little mini group and specifically address the things that they've misunderstood or the things that they haven't quite yet grasped. And I'm gonna try and do that in a way that's different to my video. Then there's gonna be another group that haven't quite had time to watch the video and I know that the first thing they're doing as they come into my classroom is they're gonna go and find a computer, they're gonna watch the video, answer the questions, and I'm gonna come and check in on them as they're doing that as well. So that's you know giving students three different processes basically based straight up off of the level of background noise that they've got as they come in. So some came into my class understanding the content, some came in with confusions, not quite understanding the full amount of content, and others came in with no idea what the content was because they never did the activities beforehand. So I then differentiate the process of what happens in my class based on where they're at. Okay, number three is to differentiate the product. Now what I mean by this is you're differentiating what the students can actually produce as evidence of their learning. So there's the whole process of what they're doing, but then there's actually what are they gonna do at the end? What are they making? What are they creating? It could be something like an essay, it could be a podcast, it could be a video. They could make an infographic, they could be making a little storybook, and all those things, they're all different products. Okay, it could be a physical hands-on product too, but allowing students to create different products at the end to showcase their learning. Now, in different levels, you want to make sure that you have different levels of criteria as well here for the product. So if your students are doing different levels of production, so you might have, for example, uh, if I give my students three different questions that I want them to answer, one might be a lower level, more basic question, and it will have its own criteria that showcases that you actually have reached that basic level. There'll be like a middle one with its own level of criteria, and then a really deeper, more extended question that has another set of criteria. And so here I'm looking at differentiating the product and also my criteria based on my student goals and also based on where they're at and where they're getting to. And so often with this, you're also gonna focus on their, their growth as in their learning rather than comparing it with other students. But it's really cool, like an easy way to do this is if I pull out, I teach a lot of seniors, so if I pull out past HSC questions, yeah, there's exam questions for my subject area that might be worth three marks, might be worth five marks, might be worth eight marks, and also other ones that are worth 12 marks. And so across those, I would give my students different options. And so they could choose one of four questions or one of three questions that all have different levels of marks allocated to it, which then indicate the depth of uh, explanation or the depth of work that's required to answer those questions. And they each have their own criteria. However, if you have your students doing completely different products, okay, for this, you probably actually want to use the same success criteria. So if they're doing completely different levels of product, they have their own criteria. But if the students are just doing this like a similar level, but they're doing completely different products, you want to make sure you're using the same success criteria to help you to actually have that um, consistency across your students in the sense of checking how they're actually progressing with this larger task. And this often works, you're often applying this to larger tasks, such as your, your more inquiry-based learning processes or your product-based learning or problem-based learning or whatever it happens, whatever you wanna use there, right? The, the larger learning process. So this is actually going across multiple lessons, probably multiple weeks even, uh, but you'll have a consistent criteria that they have to try and meet in the product that they're making. So that the content, I guess, is quite similar, 
but how they're showcasing that content and that understanding is very different, okay? And so here you can really allow your students to have more choice and more voice in this process. You might say, you know, pick a way to showcase and then give them a list of things that you actually want them to show you in that. So an example is, you know, in PBL or in IBL, uh, the students often select from a range of products that are presented to them and sometimes come up with their own product that it all has to match the criteria. So actually giving the students the criteria, maybe the driving question, and then the students are coming up with their own way of how they're gonna answer that question. But they're all answering that question, and to answer that question, you might give them a checklist of the things that they need to include when they answer that. Uh, but you could simply just tell your students that in response to three different levels of questions, or even the same question, they could make a short video, or they could make an infographic, or they could write an essay. You know, they're all ways of just changing the product of what your students are going to produce, so differentiating the product. But let's bring it all together, okay? You can actually get all these different differentiation approaches into one way of teaching. So, and it's really into one resource, I guess, not necessarily one way of teaching. So, for example, what you create might be um, a choice board or you might create a hyperdoc. And these two things are just great examples of ways where you're basically going to have three, maybe four parts to the learning and you're laying it out for your students with various choices built into it. Okay, and I'll give you an example in the workbook. So come to uh, teacherspd.net slash 61, grab that workbook, and you'll see an example of a choice board in there. So in your choice board or possibly in your HyperDoc as well, you, HyperDocs often have a few more choices, but we're gonna just put in three to four choices. Your first one is your appetizer. And your appetizer, you know, that's that first little entree for your meal. And so this might be how the students consume content. So you're gonna have three different options here, or possibly even three different pieces of content for your, the way your students are gonna consume that content. And they will select one of those three ways. And so straight up, you've differentiated the content. The next, the main meal, you have your students select from a few different ways that they are actually going to process that content. What are they gonna do with that content? How are they going to apply it? What context are they going to apply it to? Uh, maybe you're gonna ask them to do some more deeper critical thinking. And so you can actually give your students three or four different options there that they will pick from. And sometimes you might even say pick two of these you know, five or six options that they then have to do to finish their main meal. And so you might even have, you know, like the meat dish and the salad or something in there. The third section of your choice board is your dessert. And your dessert is basically how will they actually showcase their learning? What product are they gonna produce? And so you might give them a choice of what kind of product. And you're giving them these examples and they have to select one from each section. So one appetizer, one main meal, and one dessert. Now, if you wanna to add to that, you know, your HyperDoc will also add in things like, you know, the students actually sharing their product with each other, getting feedback from each other, and that kind of stuff, or how they might take it even further beyond what they've done just in that choice board. So that kind of further extension activity that keeps your students engaged in something that's a bit bigger. So this week, what I want you to do, I want you to, to develop a teaching activity that incorporates one of the three different types of differentiation, or if you're feeling bold, put all three in and create some kind of choice board. Okay, and make sure it meets the specific learning needs of the students in your classroom. Okay, once you've created that, make sure you then implement it, reflect on it, see how it goes, get feedback from your students, et cetera, and make sure you're doing this well so that you can improve it next time. And do differentiate the content, differentiate the process, 
or you can differentiate the product and see how it goes in your classroom. Okay, so change up the content, change up the process, or change up the product, or change up all three, and see how it goes with your students when you cater for what they're doing. Well, that's it for this week. Make sure you grab your workbook and submit it back to me for your one hour of PD. You can go to teacherspd.net slash 61 to grab that workbook. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a review. Uh, If you don't listen on Apple, jump onto Facebook or Google and leave a review there about the podcast. I would love to hear your feedback on it. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast as well and share it with others who might enjoy the podcast so that they can also benefit from what I'm putting out here. Now, I would love to connect with you, so come and join the community on Facebook. It's the Effective Teaching Podcast Community as a Facebook group. Come and join us there. There's a whole community in there. And you can also come and follow me on Instagram. I am at Dan Jackson TPD. I would love to hear from you. But for now, until next week, I will see you then.